Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! We want to continue on with our learning and discovery of God's Word this morning, where we have been discovering the Ten Commandments. And today is a continuation of that. The last two weeks, we took a good break. Uh, hearing from Pastor Kenneth and uh, the timing couldn't have been more perfect just as I was finished uh, with talking about the Sabbath and how God in his fourth command to us you know wants us to keep the Sabbath holy Uh, I was in a way able to take two weekends of Sabbath from preaching Uh, so God is good Uh, but I'm so excited to continue on uh, with the rest of the series. If you're joining us for the very first time, this series is called 4 plus 6. Uh, you know, 4 plus 6, of course, adds up to 10, the 10 commandments. And we've broken down it into 4 plus 6 because the commands are really about God's desire to relate with us. And the first four commands we've learned uh, are dictating our relationship with God, how we should relate to Him, how we should honor Him, how we should represent Him and keep His commands. And of course, the remainder six, uh, it talks about our relationship with our fellow men. And in the middle, we decide to put the plus sign there because it's the cross, it's Jesus, amen. You know, God didn't save us by the law, God saved us by grace. Uh, But at the same time, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. In other words, without Jesus in the middle of it all, in the middle of our lives, uh, it would be impossible for us uh, to live up the commands of God. Amen. You know, and as we live out the commands of God, we desire, you know, for more of God's grace, knowing that it is through God's grace that we can live a, a righteous life for Him. And uh, in other words, you know, contrary to how the world thinks, you know, or how life deals us sometimes, you know, our companies, our schools, our universities, you know, the whole world tells us, hey, you're going to obey and then you will belong. Uh, And God is saying that, no, you belong to me. And because you belong to me, because you are loved by me, now behave in a way that lives up to his name. Anyway, let's start it by just doing a simple faith exercise, shall we? Let's lift up our hands and say, God, we surrender today's preaching into your hands. God, we receive your correction and instruction for us today. And God, give us the strength to obey. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Of course, we are continuing on in commandment number five. So if you're taking down notes, you can put there four plus six, colon, you shall honor your father and mother. And uh, today's topic is uh, an amazing, I love diving into uh, today's topic. Uh, And before I go into specifically commandment number five, I just want to give us an overview. You know, what I find very fascinating in studying the commandments is this, that, you know, God is essentially giving us his rules, his commands, his his heart uh, for us. And in it, it's not just how we should you know, worship Him. But in it is also how we should relate to the people around us. And I find that fascinating because by combining both two in the same codex, in the same 
Ten Commandments, God, you know, how we should relate to God and how we should relate to man. God is essentially saying that, hey, I don't know how you used to worship, but this is the new way you worship. There is no longer a separation between the sacred and the secular. You know, as a pastor, I've heard so many times people in the business world come up to me and say that, you know, there's Christian ethics and then there's business ethics. Even though I'm a Christian person, they claim uh, that in the business world, you know, I got to run by the business ethics. In other words, they're saying that, hey, who I am in church, that, that's, that's fine. Uh, but who I am at work, uh, uh, that's another deal altogether. And, uh, you know, maybe they're implying that, at, you know, in the business world, it's okay to connive. In the business world, it's okay to stab someone in the back to be I don't know, to be bribing, but God is saying, no, no such thing. No, you, how you are at work, how you are at home, how you are at church, at the temple, there should be no separation. There is no two different set of ethics uh, between God and man. There is only one. And as you honor your fellow men, you are honoring God. And that's powerful, you know. Uh, and, and basically, God is saying that I, I don't want religion. Religion. religion allows us to have separation because religion separates. But God is saying that I want to be in a relationship with you. And that's why God is saying that, hey, commandment number one, have no, that, that it can be no other gods besides me. Commandment number two, don't make idols. Don't objectify me. Commandment number three, you know, don't take my name in vain. Represent me well in all that you do. And this plays in, of course, you know, take the Sabbath holy. We mentioned that earlier. But this place in now to say that, hey, honor your father and mother. And God is essentially putting it on the same level, you know, that, you know, if you break one of these commands, you bring them all. And so God desires above all else consistency and, and harmony and synergy uh, between who he is and our family life. And God doesn't want that to be a separation. God wants that to be a perfect flow. Amen. I know, you know, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry if, if any of this just flew over your head. I'm just excited. Uh, so, you know, again, uh, today's topic will be, you shall honor your father and your mother. And why don't you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 5, 16. It says this, honor your father and mother as the Lord has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land in which the Lord your God is giving you. Amen. How many of you want to have a good long life? Amen. And God is promising us this. In fact, this is the only command that comes with a promise of blessing. Yeah, God says that if you honor your father and mother, he will make sure that you will live a long life. And not just a long, miserable life, but that it may be well with you in the land that God is going to give you. And so right there is a blessing of long life, it's a blessing of success, and it's even a blessing of provision because it will be a land that God will give you. Amen. So don't worry about, oh no, will I ever be able to own my own place, have my own place? 
honor the Lord, honor your father and your mother. And it comes with that command of blessing that God will provide a land for you, a property for you, a roof over your head, and it will be well with you and your life will be long. Wow. Praise God. How many would love that? Give me some love and amens in the, in the chat. And you know what we want to go into uh, every week is that we ask ourselves three questions. We ask ourselves three questions about the commands because again it is so powerful and these three questions will form the three points the three take home points uh, that we will bring home with us today and so looking at this you know on the surface it feels like oh this is a very simple you know straightforward uh, command and yet you know God put it there for a reason and through this you know we will discover uh, who we are which brings us to the first question we always ask ourselves as part of this series, what does this command tell us about who we are? You know, what does this tell us about who we are? Well, you know, it tells us a lot of things. It tells us that, you know, God, God's heart is for the family. You know, God's heart is for, you know, there to be love and unity in the family. Uh, but what I want to focus on, because I'm sure all of you will be able to just get that point straight away, is go a little bit deeper. And my answer for that question, what does this command tell us about who we are, is this, that we owe our parents a debt of honor. That's right. We, The moment we are born, we owe our parents a debt of honor. And what we need to remind ourselves is that this command wasn't given to kids. This command was given to adults. It was given to Moses first. And Moses declared it to the nation of Israel. This was a command to adults. And this is so powerful because, you know, when we are young, it's easy to, you know, or easier to be obedient. It's easier to submit. It's easier to honor our parents because we feel like, oh, we don't know much. And they are the adults over our lives. So we're going to honor them. But this command reminds us that it goes beyond that because so many of us have no problem honoring our parents when we are younger but it's when we grow older that that becomes a problem when we feel that we know better when we feel that we've seen more than them maybe some of your parents never had an opportunity to go to university and you are the first one to go to college to go to university you know to have a high paying job and sometimes our achievements can make us proud and God is saying that don't ever forget that you owe your parents a debt, not just when you're a child, but you know, this is a debt that, that lasts a lifetime. Even when you are older as a teenager, honor. Even when you are a young adult, honor. Even when you're working adult, honor. Even when you have your own kids and your parents are still alive, you've got to honor because this is a debt. And Jesus was serious about this. You know, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 15, verse 3 to 6. And Matthew 15, 3 to 6, this is Jesus's uh, a direct, you know, commentary on this command. You know, Matthew 15, 3 says this, He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition. For God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Ooh, wow. 
But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus, you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Wow, you know, I, I know there's, there, there needs to be some unpacking here, but why don't you turn with me to one more scripture in Mark chapter 7. Uh, similar, I just want you to, to know that the heart of Jesus, amen. In Mark chapter 7, verse 9 to 13. As you know, we always start in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy, but then we also look at what Jesus had to say about it because he came to fulfill the law. Mark 7, 9 to 13 says this, He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God. Wow. That you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, If a man says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is korban, that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. And 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 I know, you know, on, on, on the surface here, you might be thinking, huh, what's this? But let's unpack. You know, here you have Jesus again, you know, uh, proving the point of what we said earlier. There is no... Uh, 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 more in one in commandment more important than the other commandment. You know, it might look like this command, honor your father and mother, pales in its seriousness, uh, in its importance in comparison to commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. But that is not the case. And so Jesus was taking the task. Jesus was saying that this is the command of God. Honor your father and mother. Speak well of them. Don't curse them. If you do that, you deserve to be put to death. Strong words. You know, sometimes we've got to remember that Jesus didn't mince his words. And, and here, not only that, he says that, you know, you have created this tradition that instead of honoring your father and mother, you know, you have told, you know, he was attacking the Pharisees and said that, you know, you have introduced this additional teaching that basically said that one command is higher than the other. And in, in other words, you are also saying that, you know, in fulfilling one command, we can choose to ignore another command. Uh, in other words, Jesus is saying you can't do that. You can't replace the word of God with your human tradition. It does not fly. And what's very powerful is this, because the Pharisees taught the people that, you know, it is important to give to God. And so, you know, when Jesus was preaching about this, anything that you would have, you know, received from me, it is given to Korban, to God. Uh, here it's talking specifically about monetary aid, financial aid, provision. And a lot of people were saying that, you know what, I don't need to provide for you, old geezers. No, no those times because uh, uh, I, I, I need to fulfill my tithes and offering because I need to give to the temple. And God is almost saying that, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Even if you say that you're doing it in the name of God, that is wrong and I do not stand for that. And so if, if you ever think that, oh, you know, God wants our money, no. You know, and God is saying that, hey, it is more important for, you know, don't by all means, you know, give, you know, honor God. But, but do not forsake providing for your family. And if there are days where we need to uh, 
provide for your family. And as a result, Jesus is implying that as a result, give less to God or, or delay your giving to God because you want to you know, provide for your father and your mother. Do that. Because to not do that is to break the command. And this is powerful. This tells us that this is a, a lifelong debt, a debt because it's serious. God is saying that take providing, take honoring, take speaking well of your parents, of your father and your mother, you know, as important as these other commands. And don't sacrifice one or before the other. And, and God is also saying that, you know, that, you know, don't replace it with the tradition of a man. You know, and, and in other words, God is saying that because it's like a debt, you know, there is no bypassing this command. There is no way for you to weasel your way out of this. Don't say that it is not in your culture, not in your tradition to provide for your family. You know, many years ago when I visited Singapore for the first time, I was you know, there was one imagery that stuck with me. And, you know, I love Singapore. I love the people in Singapore. We have an amazing church there. A big shout out to Ask Singapore. Uh, but one thing that really broke my heart was that when I went to McDonald's and many of the fast food restaurants, I saw a lot of older people working. People that have way past their retirement age. People in their 60s, 70s. And they're there, you know, wiping a tray. They're there, you know, making the burgers. And my heart broke. And somebody told me that, no, this is just the way it is in Singapore. This is just the way it is, you know, that old people, they, they need to work, you know, their, their children can't be providing for them. And at that time, you know, the culture was that a lot of people, you know, because houses are small uh, in, in Singapore, that when they ran out of space, when their own family grew, they would just kick their parents out. And, you know, I'm not here to, to give a social commentary on, on what is right or wrong in Singapore, but I'm here to say that no matter where you are from, and north, south, east, west, no matter what the culture or tradition or norm of your country, of your ethnicity, of your own family, no matter what the norm is, no matter what the tradition is, you know, do not allow that to justify your dishonor of your parents. You know, we live in an increasingly secular society that basically, you know, uh, uh, okays the, the, you know, I don't know, some, some, some European countries even okay euthanasia, uh, that you can almost kill your parents and send them off, you know, uh, so that they don't take up any more space and time in your life. And that is wrong. You know, Jesus is saying, you know, strong words. God is, Jesus himself is saying, don't say that it's more important to give to God than to provide for your family. You owe them a, a duty of care. And Jesus didn't just rebuke them about this. He lived this out. You know, it, it, this is so powerful. Jesus, like he said, he came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to abolish it. And so while he was having strong words with uh, the people at the time, don't forsake your, 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 your father and your mother. He himself lifted out. I got one more scripture for you for this point. Why don't you turn with me to John chapter 19, verse 26 to 27. Jesus on John 19, 26 to 27, he was on the cross. He was, you know, having his final breath. You know, Jesus' last words were, it is finished. You know, and the second last words was, I'm thirsty because he's been hung on the cross. But before that, he, he knew that his time was coming up, but he made sure 
that as he was dying, that he still owed a duty of care. Think about that for a while. Forget your tradition, forget your culture, forget what has happened in your family. As followers of Jesus, we got to follow after his footsteps. And these are the footsteps of Jesus. In his dying moments, Jesus said, when Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciple whom he loved standing by, standing by the cross, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Not talking about him, he was talking about the other disciple. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. This, of course, this disciple was heavily implied to be John. You know, he doesn't mention himself when he writes about himself in the gospel. But Jesus, think about that for a while. How can we say we, we have outgrown our parents? We do not owe them anything. When Jesus himself, in his dying moments, you know, made it a point to show the importance of family, to show the importance of being responsible. He lived out his debts in his, in his dying moments to go like, you know, Mary, I can't take care of you anymore. But here's my brother, John, you know, my disciple. This is now your son. John, this is now your mother. Now you carry on this debt for me. Wow. What powerful words. And I pray that this will make us better people. Hopefully this will tell us now that, man, you know, I owe my parents a debt. Maybe after this message, some of us, we need to call our parents just to thank them, just to talk to them, just to connect again, no matter how long you haven't been talking, your father and your mother. Let's go on to point number two or question number two. You know, why was this command given? You know, this was also given to a culture. Israel was there relatively Middle Eastern in its nature. They had a strong lineage of respecting those that came before. You know, they, they identified as, you know, the descendants of those who worshipped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They definitely put a great emphasis on the ancestry and those that came before. Therefore, why was God still giving them this? Command because point number two, we learn respect for authority through the respect shown to our parents. When God gave this command, He was also giving us a command not just to our immediate father and mother, but to also all authority in our lives. You know, father and mother, our parents, is really the first place we learn authority the moment we are born. You know, in the world today, we love to talk a lot about democracy and I want to vote for my leaders and you are not my president or you are not my prime minister. I didn't vote for this. And But the truth about reality is also this. Many times we don't have a say. We can vote a certain way, but whoever comes to power might not be of our choosing. Uh, or it might be of your choosing. If that, then, then, then wonderful. But regardless, God is saying that, hey, no matter what authority will come your way, whether it's authority at work, your boss, whether it's authority of the day, the government, uh, whether it's authority in your school, your lecturers, your deans, etc., it all starts. Or even your authority in church, your pastors, your leaders, your home leaders. It all starts with your relationship with your parents. And if you can learn that, you are able to honor them as well. And also that 
the honor given to your father and mother is not just limited to your father and mother. Yes, that is the basis. That is the place, the, the framework, the, the, you know, where we learn respect uh, for authority. But it also means that, you know, we are to respect all authority that has been placed over us. Just like how our parents have been placed over us. You didn't have a choice. Who was going to be your parents? I know parents are imperfect. We'll go into that in a while. And we don't have a choice, the family that we grew up in. And God is saying that just because you don't have a choice doesn't mean you don't honor. And as you honor those that you don't have a choice but to honor, you will be able to honor the other authorities and leadership that I have put in your life. In other words, don't be so proud to say that, oh, no, I don't like establishment. I got an empty authority streak. I mean, maybe some of us, we all do. I, I know I definitely have a bit of that. But God is saying that don't be proud of that. That's nothing to be proud of. Don't insert your circular teaching into the heavenly DNA that God wants you to be. Be who God wants you to be. Uh, and to put it more bluntly, God is saying that if you cannot honor your father and your mother, you cannot honor God. If you cannot honor the father and mother that you see, then you cannot honor your heavenly father that you can't see. And this is powerful. And like I said, you no, know, this goes on beyond just our uh, physical father and mother. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 47 to 50. Matthew 12, uh, would you turn with me there? Uh, Matthew 12, 47 to 50. Uh, Jesus expands the definition uh, of father and mother, right? He says here, Matthew 12, 47, 50, Then one said to him, now he was ministering, Then one said to Jesus, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So by no means Jesus will say that, hey, that they are not important. No, no, no. He's saying that the spirit of the law about honoring your father and mother transcends beyond biology into those in your life that do the will of God. So we know now that, you know, out of the, the respect we give to our father and mother uh, comes the basis of the respect we give to all authority uh, that has been placed over us, but also those that do the will of the father and mother. In other words, God is nailing home. Jesus is nailing home that commandment number five is really about honor and respect for your father and mother, but also for your fellow men and also for those that don't deserve it and for those that have been put over you. And this is powerful because many times, you know, God wants the church uh, to be uh, a showroom. I've said this many times before. The church is the showroom of heaven where people come and they experience what heaven is like and hopefully walk away and go back home with a slice of heaven uh, in their hearts and in their lives. 
And God is saying that, hey, you know, extend the same honor you give to your father and mother to those who do the will of, your, of God. You know, these disciples, my brothers and sisters, those that follow me, those that do the will of the father, they are my brothers, they are my sisters, they are my mothers. And in other words, God is saying that, hey, have you been honoring the people around you? Let's think about it for a moment. Have you been honoring, you know, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Have you been honoring the your home leaders that God has placed over you? Uh, you know, it is God's will that they be in a position of leadership. And sometimes in church, we can complain, you know. <laughs> and I definitely struggle with this many times. I can be honest, especially during the recent, uh, uh, you know, uh, elections in America. And I was seeing so many pastors, so many Christian leaders come out and use their platform, whether it's in church or their social media, to, to, to tell people how they should vote and who should they be voting for. And I was really uncomfortable with some of these people's candidate choice because, of course, it didn't agree with my own personal politics. And man, it is so tempting to go like, what kind of lousy pastor leaders, they should be ashamed. And I've got to check myself there and go like, you know what? I might not agree with their politics, but they are doing the will of God. Like, like you know, I gotta learn to, 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 to divorce, to separate um, their weaknesses and, and, and who they are and, and what God has called them to do. And while I might not agree with their politics, you know, God is still using them to impact lives and I've got to respect that. I gotta speak well of them. Or at least if I struggle to speak well, then at least keep my mouth shut and not be slamming them because that's what the world does. We, we tear each other down, but the church needs to build each other up. You know, I know for a fact that I'm not always perfect. In fact, far from perfect. I'm most of the time imperfect. And I take the responsibility of shepherding God's people in church, in Acts Church. You know, now we cover four locations with much shaking and trembling. And there are days where I don't always make the right decisions. Uh, but I hope that you speak well of me. I hope that you can still trust me. Uh, I hope that in your hearts, there can still be forgiveness for me if I have offended you in any way. Uh, and, you know, this is something that we need to give. I'm not saying that, therefore, you guys should be sharing me love emojis. No, this is uh, an honor that we should be showing to everyone in our midst, as Jesus said, as long as they are carrying out the will of the Father. And God has willed it that I serve as your pastors and I take that responsibility seriously. And I hope that you will learn to honor that and submit to that. Uh, submit and honor your home leaders. You know, when they send out a, a homes invite, hey, RSVP for homes, don't leave them silent, don't leave them hanging. You know, when somebody gives you, hey, can you help pray for me? Don't just, you know, ignore it. You know, let's, let's, let's make the church the showroom of heaven again. Let's show the world how it's like to love each other, to respect each other, even when there's disagreement, and to reconcile how to forgive each other. Amen. And, and then hopefully that will spill over. So in other words, you know, no matter how your boss is like, he is your boss. God gave you that job and he might be giving you all sorts of trouble, but honor him. You know, you might not like your lecturer, but honor her. You might not like what the government, the mayor, you might not agree with what the, the handling of the pandemic, but honor, speak well. That comes with honoring. Do not curse your father and mother, Jesus says. 
you know, lest you be put to death. So speak well. Amen. Pray for them. And the least you could do is be silent. Amen. Or pray. Pray. I think I think the least you could do is pray. That's more powerful. Amen. You know, why don't we move on as we bring things to a close to the third point, the third question that we're going to ask ourselves. So after we know what this command tells us about who we are, that we owe our parents a debt of honor and that we, why was this command given? Because this honoring the, the we learn respect for authority through the respect shown to our parents you know this this commandment forms a foundation in which all respect flows and maybe that's something that's a word for some people maybe we can work we can be better in our honor and our respect don't let rudeness and and and, and impolite speaking and gossip come out of your mouth but come on come back to that place again and start at home jesus is also saying you know start with honoring your father and mother start at home all that you want to do start at home Point number three, how do we live this out today? How do we live this command out today? We need to forgive them, speak well of them, provide for them and love them. Them being our father and mother. You know, how do we live this out today? Forgive, speak well, provide for them, love them. I think it's pretty straightforward that we ought to love our parents. Pretty straightforward that Jesus in his word says, don't forget to provide because he was rebuking the Pharisees that basically said it's okay not to provide financially. Don't do that. Don't substitute. Don't sugarcoat it any. Don't say that I'm paying taxes. Don't say that I'm, I'm, I'm saving for my child's education fund, you know, and they will have a longer life than you parents. So no, you go to the grave. So you get nothing. No, 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 no. Don't do any of that. Don't say that, oh, I'm going to fulfill my you know, uh, missions offering, so uh, I'm not going to give anything. No, right? Provide for them. Bless them. Yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward. Speak well of them. Jesus said it. You know, he didn't mean said, do not curse your father and mother lest you be put to death. But I want to focus on forgive. We need to forgive them, speak well of them, provide for them and love them. Forgiveness is not easy because the one thing that I haven't touched on is that this command might sound easy for those of us who come from, you know, relatively good families. Of course, no family is perfect. Some families are better off than other families financially, uh, emotionally, um, and no family is perfect. Some families that are very emotionally balanced might not be uh, able to have uh, a lot of provision sometimes. And sometimes the families that are have no shortage of wealth uh, might not be the most emotionally uh, present for those. And everyone has a certain brokenness. In fact, the world that we live in today, it is more normal uh, to come from a broken family or a dysfunctional family uh, than to come from uh, a, a wholesome Christian family. And those of you, I know some people in church, you come from wholesome Christian families, Good on you. God bless you. Cherish them, love them, honor them, provide for them. You have so much more reason to. But I want to dedicate this third point, especially to those that are hurting. And I know for a fact that some of us, we come from abusive families. We come from divorced families. We come from families where our fathers, especially the fathers, have hurt us, have abused us, have said nasty things about us, have walked out on our families. And you know, some of us, we even grew up not knowing them because we come from single mother households. Uh, or maybe for some, it's the other way around, um, that you do not have a strong relationship with your mom and you struggle to love her because 
in your hearts. She is a tough woman. And what more when you get married? Uh, this command, I don't think, is only biological. I think it extends to your in-laws as well. And while you might have great relationship with your immediate family, what about your in-laws? You know, your father-in-law, your mother-in-law. What about your grandparents? What about those that have been difficult? And trust me when I say this, that I've got my own experiences of, of coming from difficult family. Uh, I know my, my family... We're blessed to have each other, definitely. We're far from perfect. And sometimes it's also really subjective. Um, for me, you know, uh, I, I definitely have both my mom and dad. But growing up, I did not have a lot of time with my dad. And over time, it could be teenage rebellion, could be the flesh. I have came to, I don't know, I, I came to be really sad about that fact. And that sadness uh, turned to resentment. Um, and that resentment turned to rebellion. And I definitely lashed out, um, you know, being upset that, you know, I don't have, sometimes being resentful, upset that I don't have the type of upbringing a lot of my friends had. I never had a father in my life uh, for me to do, I don't know, father-son things with. Uh, I never had a hug from my father. And I used to complain about that. I still haven't had a hug from my father. But you know what? regardless of your background. And maybe mine's not as serious as yours. Maybe yours is worse. Maybe your parents are 100 times more abusive. Regardless, you know, regardless of them, what they've done, Jesus asks us to forgive. In fact, can I ask you to turn with me to one last scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. Matthew 6, uh, 14 to 15 says this, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In other words, Jesus is saying that we, if you call yourself a child of God and you have been forgiven of all your past misdeeds, then you have no excuse not to forgive other people, no matter how bad they have hurt you. That is the deal of God. I forgive you and you must forgive others. Otherwise, it is, it's not real forgiveness. No one who has been truly forgiven by God can continue to hold on a grudge. Now, that doesn't mean that some of us watching right now don't have grudges. Like I said, the abuse in your life could be really terrible. And I'm by no means downplaying it. But I am saying that no matter how painful, how dark, how abusive, how traumatic, how criminal some of these misdeeds have been done towards you by the people that you respect. It could be other men in your family. We can forgive. And when you forgive, you take the enemy away, you take the power away from the enemy. You know, because the devil wants to keep you under the yoke of pain and tragedy. But when you forgive, God's light shines in and He heals, friends. He heals all the pain. And while the memory of that might still be there, the sting of it is no longer there. That is God's promise. That if you forgive, your Father will forgive you. And the, the word forgive in Hebrew is linked to healing as well. And for some of us, maybe... 
You know, that's what we need. You know, we need healing in our lives. And that healing cannot happen until there has been forgiveness. You know, I, I know that, you know, both in my own father and also my father-in-law, <laughs> before he became my father-in-law, when I was proposing to Pastor Cat, uh, we had a really rough time. Uh, I had a really rough time <laughs> dealing with my father-in-law uh, because he just refused to give us his blessing. And he said many hurtful words uh, about me, accusing me of, you know, having an ulterior motive and wanting to marry her daughter. It was very painful. But you know what? The first thing I did after hearing those words, I still remember, it was the night I proposed to Pastor Cat. I had proposed to her. We'd gone home to meet the parents. And when they heard, they were hoping that the proposal would not go through. But when they heard that it went through, you know, of course they were mad. They were against us. And painful words, I was basically chased out of the house. Uh, I was holding my tears. And a cat was crying. But right before we parted, you know, she walked me to the lift, to the elevator. Right then, then I still remember at the lobby of that lift, I said that before I leave, we must forgive him. I didn't know what came over me. I know there was definitely the Holy Spirit. You see, when you allow God in, you got the Holy Spirit, when you give God more room, he be, His presence becomes stronger and stronger and stronger, and it becomes easier to forgive. And while it was very hurtful, right then and then, by the grace of God, we were able to say, let's forgive. And we prayed, and I echoed the words of Jesus, Father, forgive him, for he know not what he is doing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we prayed for his salvation. We prayed for his blessing. And then we parted ways. You know, I went back home after that. I was crying <laughs> on my drive home. And that's another story, another message for another day with a happy ending, I promise. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that today, our relationships are healed. Uh, we are loved and accepted uh, in both families. And, uh, you know, God could have brought a happier uh, ending and vindication uh, to us. But I also want you to know it would not have happened if we didn't forgive. And so maybe for some of us, the first thing you're going to do to show honor today is to forgive. Spend some time after today's message to digest some of these past traumas and then sit with the word of God and say, God, give me the strength to forgive. And I guarantee you, friends, as you forgive, those that have hurt you, especially the men, especially the fathers, the uncles, the different ones, your father and your mother, the, the, the disappointments, as you let go, as you, as you bring it before God, you'll suddenly realize how small that is. And if God can forgive you of all your sins, past, present and future, who are we to hold on to the hurt of our past? And I guarantee you, as you let go of that, God puts his forgiveness, his healing in your hands and your life. You will walk away more whole and happier and more healed, of course. Amen. You know, that brings me to an end of today's message. And can I just very quickly give you this one thing? You know, the word honor, I forgot to drop this at the start of the message. In Hebrew, means kabet. It means to make heavy, to give weight, to make rich. That's how God wants us to honor, to make heavy. Um, back then, the kings, when they will honor people, they will ask them into the courts and then they will, they will just put gold and treasure and crowns and necklaces and ring. 
so that when they walk away, they are heavier in their weight of gold. When you honor your guests, you know, in Middle Eastern cultures that you walk away with a full stomach, so you walk away heavier uh, than when you came in before, you know, to give weight uh, to their words. It's also a way to honor them, to make them rich. It's also a way to honor them. And so my encouragement for us, maybe for some of us, uh, learn to give a little bit more weight. Maybe for some of you, the way to show honor to your parents is to give a little bit more weight to what they have been saying. Amen. As long as it doesn't contradict the teachings of God. Um, and of course, you know, make them, you know, buy them a gift. Buy them a surprise gift. Don't just love them on Mother's Day, Father's Day or Christmas. Give them a surprise gift and then surprise them somewhere on Christmas. Then you will make them happy. Bring them out for a meal. You know, shower them with words. The very same words that were not spoken to you. Don't perpetuate that cycle. Break that cycle. Speak words of blessing. Speak words of love. Because they know not what they do. But you know what you do. Because God has spoken his love over you. So now take that love, take that forgiveness, and then speak it over your family. Speak it over your siblings. Speak it over those that do the will of God. Speak it over the government. Amen. We are to speak well. We are to honor. Let's pray. Father Lord, we thank you Lord for this word today. And right now, I pray for your healing to come upon those that really need to digest. And I know a lot of people have been hurt. Um, a lot of families are broken. But God, I declare your healing over everyone listening right now. That you will help us. By your stripes, we are healed. Because you took the whip for us. You know the pain that we went through. And so God, I pray that as you have forgiven us, may we forgive those. May we let them go and not just forgive as if they, we owe it to you, but do it out of love. And God, I pray that you will also provide for us so that we can provide for our family, for our loved ones. Help us to be generous uh, to the people around us and to our family. And God, I pray a blessing over every family represented. Um, every family represented. God bless you. God make his face to shine upon you and grant you his peace. Lord, we declare your love and your salvation over every family. Your word also says that when one is saved, the entire household is saved. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, very quickly, I also just want to tell you that we talked a lot about healing and all that, but I would not be able to even heal from whatever I went through uh, in my own family, with my in-laws, if not for Jesus. And I want you to know that Jesus, the, the forgiveness of God personified, is the key towards a wholesome life, towards a healed life. And maybe you're watching this and you're not yet a Christian. You have yet to personally invite Jesus into your heart. Can I encourage you? You need to do this. Because out of that, you know, if, if you are not healed, you can't heal other people. You can't break the cycle of hate in your life. If you are not, you know, forgiven by God for your own mistakes, you can't forgive yourself or for other people. But because Jesus, when he died on the cross, that cross represented the death penalty that we deserve for every wrong thing we've ever done to men and to God. Jesus took it. He took our place. He took the death penalty so that we can live and, 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 and a new life we should live. And so friends, if you accept Christ into your life, 
you will be made whole because you will know the forgiveness of God. God has already forgiven you. You need to accept that fact. And when you accept that fact, you're able to forgive yourself and forgive your past and forget your past. So I encourage you, if that's you, we're going to lead you in a simple prayer. Would you echo it in your heart and mean it sincerely and allow God's light to come in and set you free? God bless. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.